Hi, I'm Garth Tanner. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm Lee Holdsworth. I'm James Courtney. We're the Forex Angels and you're listening to the V8 Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now here's your host, Craig Revell. The champ is ready to get back on the horse that kicked him last year. Looking forward to getting back to Hamilton and try to try to score some points and, and make up for what happened last year. As the Kellys are ready to kick on. The big thing we need to do at the moment is cement ourselves well and truly in the top ten. We preview Hamilton today as the lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders. Take in the V8 of the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. The financial crisis has hit the V8 supercar family, with Marcus Marshall's major sponsor, Access Cash, closing down. The parent company of Access Cash, Interbill, who also own the team, which is leasing a Brytec licence, have assured the V8 supercar community that they plan to continue for the rest of the season. They're currently in discussions with potential new sponsors to fill the void. They're unavailable for comment when the V8 insiders contacted them with the team delaying their flights to Hamilton to continue their business planning. You know it's Hamilton again because for the second year running, Team Kiwi's future is in doubt. With V8 supercars reportedly stepping in to manage the sale or lease of their racing entitlement contract. Similar stories were doing their rounds at last year's event, with the difference this season being that David John, the outspoken figurehead of the team, has been found bankrupt in a New Zealand court a few weeks ago. It would seem that the bell is finally tolling on this incarnation of TKR. Jamie Wincup is ready for the challenge of returning to the track that bit him hard last season. Hey, for anyone that doesn't know, I was uh, I wrote a car off in qualifying. Uh, and never actually made it to the race. Um, the commonly asked question is, is that going to affect me this year? I don't think so. With Holden having 23 wins out of 24 races in New Zealand, Triple Eight are confident that they'll be able to keep the momentum up from the first two outings of the season, with the red and silver pigs at the front of the field. Rick Kelly has not been afraid to say what he really thinks of the qualifying changes. It definitely allows you to progress through the weekend a little bit better than the system we ran at Adelaide. I'm a big believer in being able to move forward and progress throughout the weekend. So last year's qualifying was much better than, in my opinion, than what they've got there this year. But look, this, I think the new structure is probably a little bit better. Qualifying on Sunday morning for Sunday's race definitely allows you to um, to progress through the weekend. And they've tried to make the session quite close to the race, so you leave the car in in race trim for qualifying. So it's a little better, and you know, hopefully, we can maximise that in New Zealand. Kelly also likes the demands on the Hamilton track. As an event, it's almost a, a smaller version of the Clipsal 500. The whole town gets right behind um, the event, and for me, I, I quite enjoyed it. 
Our pace there last year was quite good, being the first race we'd ever done there. We um, we got second, I think, in the first race, and a slow pit stop hindered our results for the weekend. So being with a new team this year, I think if we can get some good results and some good pace similar to last year, we should um, be able to cement ourselves in the top ten. So how does he see the progress? in Jack Daniels Racing. We're definitely at the point where we can take the cars to a racetrack and compete. Um, I think we need to move a little bit further forward so that we can aim for top five results and eventually race wins. And um, the, the break has allowed us to move a little bit closer to that, I think. Um, the, the big thing we need to do at the moment is cement ourselves well and truly in the top ten on points in the first couple of rounds and then move towards the top five um, around mid-year. Jack Perkins thinks that his experience in the New Zealand V8s last year in Hamilton will have him well-placed. Yeah, I, I wanted to race something there last year, hoping that I'd be back in the main game this year, which, as it turns out, I am, and at least I know which way the, the track goes and where a few of the bumps and things are, so i um, looking forward to driving the Dodo car there this year for sure. With three street races in the first three outings, it's good to see that Jack likes the challenges that these courses bring. Yeah, I love street circuits. Um, you know, Adelaide, Indy and, and Hamilton, of course, now definitely uh, circuits that I like. It really brings the the drivers out as opposed to the you know the best handling cars and teams and things. So while that still fa- is a factor, you still got to be able to drive 110% and get the most out of it without hitting the, hitting the walls. And that's what I enjoy, you know, real right on the limit driving, so I, I really can't wait. Perkins is another of the V8 drivers who likes the changes to qualifying. qualifying system at Adelaide was pretty disappointing for people that didn't qualify so well but raced hard. Um, so I think it's, just, it's sort of a little bit common sense if they want to have two separate races and uh, it'd be good to um, have another crack Sunday morning um, at improving your grid spot. So, no, I think it would be a great, great, uh, you know, idea that they've put forward and it's good for the, the spectators to have a bit more track time to, uh, you know, bring them all out on Sunday. Garth Tander is determined to keep his winning run at Hamilton alive. Greg Murphy was unbeatable in the first three years at Pukekohe and HRT want that successful run to continue. Later on this week's Y Flag Lap, we speak to Jamie Winkup. But next, it's Tony Shebecki and Luke West. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. Hi, I'm David Reynolds from Bundaberg Racing, and you're listening to V8 Insiders. Take in the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. We're joining us this week from SEN. It's Tony Shebecki. Good evening, Tony. G'day, Craig. How are you? I'm doing very well and almost as well as this man, the voice of the Fujitsu series, Luke West from Auto Action. Good evening, Luke. G'day, Craig. G'day, Tony. Well, Luke. It is fascinating to see that we have rolled around to Hamilton the second time out. How much do you think they learned from that first experience? particularly with the way the drivers will handle this very demanding track, Luke? Well, I think it's uh, it's interesting to see that the Kiwis have pulled out all stops to avoid second-year syndrome, that uh, interesting phenomenon that always seems to apply to events and 
Queen's albums and all that sort of thing, isn't it? So they've trimmed uh, quite a few bits and pieces there, taken out some grandstands, trimmed the actual number of people who can go to the event, spectators. I think it's gone from uh, 60,000 per day to a maximum of 50,000 per day just to improve the experience for punters so they get a better view of the track. And they've also clipped the final bit of that mega chicane so it should be less damaging on the cars so uh, yeah it's uh, all systems go for the Kiwis they never rest do they want to make their big event even bigger Mm. and of course Tony people remember this event as much for the controversy about the stands I think the first three rows people couldn't see over the safety fence but they also remember that Jamie Wincup didn't get through the first day's practice yeah, that was the amazing thing about last year in his championship was the fact that he did not get a single point out of Hamilton and was still so dominant at the end of the year wrapping up the championship. So uh, we'll get to see what the uh, the Triple Eight car and Jamie can do around Hamilton this year. I'm sure they'll learn from mistakes last year and they'll want to get out there for sure uh, on, on race day, both Saturday and Sunday. But this is the, uh, the biggest event in New Zealand sporting calendar over four days. They'll attract over... 200,000 people so yeah it's uh, great to see and you know, second year in it's uh, it's starting to get a little bit of a history to itself isn't it there was a, a few incidents last year that will sort of put uh, that history into place and uh, I'm sure we'll see a few more this year but uh, Puka Kaui always had uh, everyone's heart didn't it uh, as, as the New Zealand venue for uh, V8 supercars but I think uh, Hamilton could quickly become that in, uh, in the next couple of years it's amazing, Luke, isn't it? Because New Zealand not devoid of very good natural terrain racing circuits, and yet we do see a street race in Hamilton. Yeah, it's just a reflection on the way the championship's going, isn't it? And uh, creating events as opposed to race meetings. So get the concerts in there, get all the uh, you know fun of the fair type atmosphere that the street ran- street races produce. It's going to be a, an interesting one too because we see the two-race format once again and we see the new qualifying, which, Tony, I know has taken a lot of interest for you. Yeah, look, I love this. I think this is a fantastic idea, much better than what we had for Adelaide, no doubt about that. The fact that we uh, have a qualifying, and uh, which will be the normal qualifying, the top ten shootout for the Saturday, and then, of course, the Sunday morning, reduced to a 20-minute qualifying session. But it just gives people the opportunity now, if you have a bad day on the Saturday, to collect your thoughts overnight, fix up your issues, and then become competitive again on the Sunday. And, you know, we're going to see a lot of cars that, uh, you know, may have, that something may have gone wrong on the Saturday and all of a sudden you knew they were out of contention. On the Sunday, we're going to see them fighting for position again. And it's just made it a little bit fairer, I think, for all teams. Luke is going to change the mindset a little bit but one great thing means that you have a qualifying for the Saturday race and on Saturday you get to see qualifying and a race and on Sunday you get to see qualifying and a race and the two events will stand alone. Yeah, the good thing is for the punters that go to the track uh, if, if those that were going on the Saturday are actually going to get far better value for money because they were going to get the full qualifying experience and the 200k race and those that were only going to go on the Sunday uh, and I don't know if they were going to pay more for the Sunday to get less that was the old system without the qualifying session but now two qualifying sessions over two days and 
two races, so the punters get better value for money. But the other thing we should point out, that if people are hoping that uh, the whinging will stop about qualifying in 2009, it won't. All the crap qualifiers will still be whinging about uh, the system and how it doesn't reward those that progress through the race over the course of race one. So uh, they'll still be bleating, but it will come from those blokes who, who can't qualify very well. But well, let's face it, V8 Supercars, Tony has shut down the race one, race two syndrome because there's event on the Saturday and event on the Sunday. Neither the twain will meet. Yeah, look, I was going to say, uh, the only thing to say to those people, those crap qualifiers who are still going to be whinging, get good at qualifying. Then you might have a bit of a chance. Uh, look, I'm sure that people would have uh, looked at the race on a Saturday uh, last year and even this year too uh, with Adelaide and thought to themselves on coming up to Sunday, gee whiz, you know, Triple Eight was so dominant. Yeah, don't like Wing Cup and Lowes that much. Where are the uh, where are the Gary Rogers boys? Or, you know, where are, I don't know, another team? Where are the Dick Johnson boys? Oh, gee whiz, they're down in, you know, 11th and 12th. Yeah, they're not going to... People who follow teams, at least they know that they're going to go on the Sunday and their team is going to have an, another chance of possibly getting up to the top of the grid. You know, if they had a bad Saturday, it meant that you were going to have, uh, you know, start off on a bad Sunday. That was on last year's format. This year's format, I just couldn't work out at all. That was just the most atrocious thing. No matter where you finished on the Saturday, you had no hope of doing anything on the Sunday. If you, if you started 20th and finished third, which I think... Uh, did have, not, maybe not that high, but we did have uh, someone in Adelaide finish quite high up. It could have even been Greg Murphy, who uh, finished fairly high up after starting down on the Saturday. He was starting back at the back of the grid again, and people would have thought, well, what's the use? So, uh, look, I think this just gives everyone a, a great chance, not only from a team's perspective, for, from a punter's perspective, to know that their blokes have another opportunity on the Sunday to get it right. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, one thing's for sure. You're going to have uh, the drivers in an all-in brawl on Sunday, and we already know if you have a problem in uh, morning warm-up in the V8 supercars, it makes it very difficult to get on the track by Sunday afternoon. Luke, this qualifying session, it's it's all-in, one 20-minute just uh, absolute punch-up, and it could just be timing. It could be the guy that goes out in the very, very early stages that gets a clean track to make his run, or... It could go down to just this lull in the middle of that 20 minutes. It's all going to come out to who gets a clean track at the right time, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's going to be pretty busy on the track, and they'll be, oh, it's not fair, such and such, he blocked me. So it's going to be a bit like that. But anyway, it's uh, going to be interesting, it's going to be hectic, and that's what we want. It's going to be entertaining. Mm. Now, two guys that have got cars that uh, well, perhaps might not be in the pristine condition they were on Saturday in Adelaide. Uh, James Courtney in the Jim Beam gold car and, of course, Michael Caruso. And those two cars extensively damaged against the walls of the Adelaide street track. We've already talked about the walls of the Hamilton street track taking its share of victims in year one. What do you really uh, hope for these two drivers who's well, Caruso came back, I guess, on the Sunday, so got a bit of confidence back. But uh, certainly for James Courtney, his mental state was shot to pieces. And let's face it, the non-championship round in uh, Grant Denyer's car wouldn't have uh, done much for his confidence there either, Luke. No, think back to last year, and he had a dud 
Clipsal 500, had a dud Australian Grand Prix meeting, and then his manager, Alan Gow, put a rocket up him. He came out at Pukekohe, sorry, at Hamilton last year, and I think finished on the podium. So he got a, got himself together. Well, he's the same again this year with his new team after a crap Adelaide and the crap Albert Park. So the pressure's on, isn't it? Mounting in his fourth season in V8 supercar racing, yet to put together a win, an overall win. So time is running out for him. I think a lot of people are losing faith. I think you're being a bit harsh there, Luke. It wasn't all a crap Adelaide for Courtney, was it? He did show some uh, form early on. Yeah, but he knocked down the wall in he knocked down the wall in Saturday's race. He knocked down the wall on Sunday morning warm up, and then went out with a car that wasn't 100 uh, percent, even though they tried their best, and knocked down the wall again. So hitting the wall three times in two days significantly is going to dent your confidence. It is, and you compare that to his teammate Stephen Johnson, who's sitting pretty in the top five in the championship with that uh, lovely new car. So he'd be laughing all the way to the bank, really. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Look, Michael Caruso uh, had a chat to him a few days ago. He's absolutely looking forward to jumping uh, into this rebuilt car and uh, showing... Well, he showed some fantastic form over in Adelaide, didn't he? So uh, he's really looking forward to getting this uh, out on the track and picking up from where he left off. And uh, himself and Lee Holdsworth, I think I I may have said this a few weeks ago, Craig, on on one of our earlier shows, that these two are just going to be the teams to watch as the... uh, the real up-and-comers for not only this year but for the next couple of years to come. I, I definitely agree. These these two guys are the Barguana and Tandem combination that uh, we had at Gary Rogers Motorsport yeah. 10, 15 years ago. He's got and a good he, eye, hasn't he, Gary? You can pick him. He certainly can, and I really like the way that he's got a lot of faith in Michael Caruso. Last year, he was just completely supportive. Caruso had a pretty good year, actually. Um... Gary Rogers Motorsport drivers traditionally, and I'm talking about the rookies that come in, they're either stars or they're duds. And, of course, we remember there was a dud by the name of Jamie Wincup who just didn't gel in that environment. But Caruso sort of fell halfway between that. He showed enough form and enough speed at GRM last year, got the drive again this year. And what is really apparent, any time you hear Gary talking about Caruso, he's just full of praise, thinks he's doing a fantastic job, that must be very reassuring for Michael Caruso in his fledgling V8 uh, V8 supercar career to have that support. Mm, For sure. We need to take a break on the V8 Insiders and we'll be back with the Gas and Go, the Hamilton Tips and we'll talk about fuel next. The views expressed on V8 Insiders, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect those of the network, Thunder Media, sportradio.com.au or V8X Magazine. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Hi, I'm Will Davison from the Toll Holden Racing Team and you are listening to the V8 Insiders. Take in the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now.
Welcome back to the V8 Insiders, as it's Luke West from Auto Action and, of course, the voice of the Fujitsu series, along with Tony Shebeki from SEN. And, of course, if you're not in Melbourne, you can listen to SEN online, as I did at the start of the football season, and SEN's coverage of bringing us all the action from Thursday through to Sunday night was fantastic, Tony. Even uh, this way yeah, of the Easter, of course, we had the big five games and it just seems to be getting bigger and better. Now we're, uh, we've really settled into our footy coverage there on 11.16 and looking forward to bringing it uh, to everyone uh, right around Australia and right around the world, as you said, via the internet and also if you're in Melbourne, 11.16 on your AM band. Now, importantly for motorsport fans, every Sunday morning on the grid... Yep, uh, always a good show. We've actually had our time changed for the footy season this year, which is a bit of a bugger. We're starting at 6 o'clock in the morning now, 6 to 8. Still got the two hours, but instead of it being the 7 to 9, it's now moved to 6 to 8, which makes it a little bit harder on a Sunday morning to get up uh, at 5 o'clock to head into the studio, but still enjoying it. Still got plenty of great guests, and uh, yeah, one of the best shows I had uh, was only a couple of weeks ago with the Grand Prix preview and I had the opportunity to do a one-on-one with uh, Sterling Moss for uh, probably about 20 minutes I think we spoke and a couple of others so yeah looking forward to a big year on the grid. On the grid yes well talking about on the grid one thing we'll see from Winton on on the grid is smaller fuel tanks Luke and is really well some would say a cynical move to ensure that CSR get their fueling stop in every race as is contracted to them but others would say it is to guarantee an exciting race yeah it's all change isn't it this year i know other people have made that point it's pretty obvious but gosh so many things introduced for the for the new year and already so many things changing it's gee it's hard to keep track of but I still think it's going to be the tyres, the soft option tyres or the sprint race tyres that are going to be the major contributor to uh, overtaking and improve racing this year. So what's to go with, the, what's to go with these new sprint tyres, Luke? They have to put on a set of four each race of these new tyres. So you uh, Some stage over the weekend. Okay, so you may go out with a hard compound initially and then all of a sudden you're going to be stuck with a soft compound tyre. To bring yeah. it home. If you're, yeah, exactly right. If you're only planning one stop in a race, and uh, you, you've got to remember the other joker in the pack is some might use them in event one of the weekend and some might use them in event two of the weekend. The only thing we know is they won't be using them in qualifying. Yeah, it's a real interesting one because this isn't only going to be an issue for, for the drivers and the handling of the car, but gee whiz, the engineers are going to be working overtime in regards to making sure that they've got their uh, their stats and everything right on the track as to how they're going to set up the car because there is going to be such a difference, isn't there, from going from one compound to another halfway through a race. Yeah, actually, if you go back to Albert Park and to the Formula One race, the Australian Grand Prix, because the F1 boys have a similar rule that you've got to use your soft option, admittedly they have uh, just one race over the weekend, one you know, hour, 40-minute race, uh, something we learnt from that was that those teams and drivers that use the soft option tyre early, or at least the slower of the two tyres early, actually had their disadvantage negated by the fact that a safety car came out and uh, they were able to catch up the field and then they were able to then put the faster of the tyres on and then really capitalise 
later in the event or towards the end of the event. I think we might even see a similar thing happen in V8 supercars. So that soft option tyre might be quick for a little while, but it'll go off and we have people wobbling around. They might decide to get that over and done with, that section early, and then anything they've lost they'll get back under the safety cars. And it's very rare that we have a race in V8 supercar land without a safety car. Mm, that's very true. And also with the addition, uh, as uh, you just mentioned before, Craig, about the new fuel tanks, the 80-litre fuel tanks coming in for Winton. So you're going to think that people are going to go in with even probably lighter fuel loads maybe with those if they go on the softer option early on just to get, try and give them a, a little bit more pace. And, and, and that's going to be uh, the fascinating thing because if you know the tyre drops off up to 10 seconds per lap, once you get past about lap five, that's how much they drop off compared to the standard tyre. You could say, I want to do five flyers and then I'm just coming in and getting something that I can churn out the, you know, the one minute 21 every lap. And I'll do my five quick laps and then get it out the way because, as Luke said, safety car puts me back into the game. And if I'm the first to pit, I'm the uh, man at the front. The caveat on that is you've got to be able to then go the rest of the race without having to need to pit again for fuel, which is the 80-litre fuel tank coming into play then, because do you run out, get yourself a bit of a lead, pit, hope to hang on, or do you um, do you try and play cautious, or do you run it right to the end and then put on, you know, wait for, say, uh, wait for the end of the race where you might be able to get a late yellow flag, throw those stickers on and uh, go for a bonsai run to the finish uh, there's so many combinations that are available now and uh, FPR with um, uh, Stephen Richards and Brightec with Jason Bright so often last year just left that car out running to try and make up as much time as they possibly could before they got to the end of what was the compulsory pit stop window and then see where they funneled back into the line and uh, certainly a risky strategy, but one that both those teams have employed to various degrees of success throughout the year. I tell you who's going to hate this more than anyone are the Channel 7 blokes down in the pits, the Mark Bruners and those guys. They've had an easy run over the last year or two where they didn't have much work to do. Now they're going to have pit stops coming in. They're going to be working their butts off. My heart bleeds. <laughs> There's just so much going on, isn't there? It's the year, the international year of experimentation in motorsport. Yeah, but I, I've got to... Well, well we, we'll go to the gas and go because there's a few questions coming up here which I think will expand upon the points. Five questions, three minutes, starting from now. Luke West, will the second year of the streets events be bigger than the first, remembering we've got two more brand-new street events this year? I think that Hamilton in 2009 will be a vast improvement over 2008 because Greg Murphy said so. Yep, and uh, I think that we're going to see overall massive improvement in our street events, there's no doubt about it. Even the Gold Coast, I think, can improve a bit more now that we've got an Australian team to bag for. Not just an Australian driver, but an Australian team in the A1s. I think we're going to have a pretty good weekend up there as well. How will Hamilton stack up when we have two more street circuits and let's face it with what we're seeing at Townsville it's three quarters of a racetrack backed onto a couple of streets well you always know Hamilton's going to go well I reckon it's only an hour and a half out of Auckland the major city in New Zealand it's as I said earlier the major event 
of any uh, any sport over in New Zealand, and people are just going to come from North and South Island. Hamilton's safe and secure for many, many years to come. The Kiwis only had one event to get right, so even if this year doesn't quite hit the mark, they'll keep improving it and it will stack up really well against those new events. Okay, is the championship balance right between street circuits and natural terrain road courses, Luke? I think so. I really wouldn't want to see too many more street events. I don't know where you would have them in Australia. Quite frankly, there's no new market to go to or after we've got Townsville and Sydney. But I would like to see an airport event like the Cleveland race or the Edmonton event. That would be a nice little extra for the championship. The F111 wouldn't have so far to go, would it? <laughs> no, that is true. Is that past its years by date? Another question for another time. Question number four to Tony Shebecki of FCN. Will it be fuel, soft tyres or the walls that are the biggest hit in 2009? Is there a fourth option there, all the above? Because that's the one I want to tick. I think every one of those is going to have some sort of impact on V8 supercars this year. If I had to pick one, though... I think it's going to be how you run your tyres. That's uh, going to be probably the biggest change and the biggest uh, thing that people are going to have to come to grips with. Yeah, I've long said, well, since they announced that there was differing fuel strategy and actual fuel and the new soft tyres coming on board, I've long said that uh, it's going to be the tyres that will make the biggest difference and I don't think I'm going to change my mind on that. With soft tyres being used in every single major motorsport category now and an option tyre soft tyre theory a dead duck in the water before it's begin to roll down the highway Tony no Luke <laughs> simply no uh, I think it is, it's something that they're going to experiment with and they'll get it right and it, if it starts to look like it's going to give cars too much of an advantage at different points they'll just tweak it a little bit but uh, eventually no it, it, it seems like it'll be a good theory Agreed there, Tony, and you only have to look at Formula One to see that it's worked a treat. On the basis of Albert Park, not Sepang, because Sepang was weather-affected. So, uh, no, I don't think it's a dead duck. Okay, now, that is gas and go for another week. Now, the $64,000 question, which, of course, is in, uh, well, what currency is defunct that's uh, worth less than a dollar Australian now? Who will win Hamilton, Tony Shebecki? That's what I asked, Luke. That was the biggest understatement of the year. Sepang was weather-affected. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, wasn't it? Unbelievable. <laughs> Who's going to win uh, Hamilton? Gonna, uh, I like the way that Mark Winterbottom came back. Uh, I know I tipped him for him Adelaide. He, he had some bad luck, though, didn't he, over there? He came back pretty well for, uh, for the Melbourne Grand Prix race. Uh, of course, winning one, Lounge winning the other two. I reckon they might have just got things right now with uh, with that car, and providing he doesn't have bad luck again, I'm going to put my money on Frosty. Luke? I would suggest that Garth Tando will go double up from last year. Mm, interesting one. For mine, I can't really decide whether it's Craig Lowndes or Lee Holsworth that's going to win this one, but uh, I'm sure it'll be settled on the racetrack, not in the pits. Guys, a pleasure to catch up with you both. And, uh, well, Luke, I, I gave a huge gratuitous plug to SEN and On The Grid. What uh, media commitments can we plug for you in the outro? <laughs> oh, jeez, I don't know. I'm the, I'm the man of a thousand hats. So uh, V8X, Auto Action, Fujitsu 
old V8 supercar website, which is new for 2009, so check that out. If you want something answered, I'll go and uh, hunt down an answer for you. If I can get past the pictures, mate, I'll, uh, I'll look for those articles. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I don't stack up too well <laughs> against uh, the other Forex Gold representatives. Yeah, the Forex Angels website. Uh, I only read it for Luke's comments. <laughs> Tony Shavecki, thanks once again for joining us here on V8 Insiders. Good on you. Thanks, Craig. See you, Luke. The white flag lap is up next here on the V8 Insiders. To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at sportradio.com.au. Stay tuned for more. G'day, it's Greg Murphy from the Sprintcast Racing Team, and you're listening to the V8 Insiders. Take in the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. This week's White Flag Lap, we talked to the champ, Jamie Winkup. I asked him about the amount of charity work that he's been doing since becoming the defending champion. Well, you know, as an athlete and as a sports person, um, it is our responsibility to, to give back to the community and to look after charities. And we do whatever we can. The, the biggest thing we've done this year is the, the Victorian Bushfire Appeal. All the uh, major sponsors of uh, the Vets Supercar category uh, um, and also the, the teams... Um, really got together and we, we really pushed and, uh, and generated a lot of money to uh, and, and we, we kept injecting money as the fires are still burning so it is our responsibility and uh, we do absolutely whatever we can to, to put back in the community pretty much what we draw out from the, from the fun we have uh, racing cars How do you feel about the 20 minute all in brawl that will uh, determine Sunday? That's, it's going to be crazy for the, uh, for the fans and spectators that come out on the Sunday they um, they were going to be gifted to a 200-kilometre fuel race, but now we've got a 20-minute all-in brawl uh, qualifying session just before race two. We're only talking 20 minutes before uh, race two starts. So it's going to be nuts. There's going to be plenty of sob stories about guys not getting a good lap or, or crash cars and whatnot, but um, I think it's great. I think it's really it's going to spice the racing up. And, hey, it's the same for everyone. So uh, whoever does the best job will be rewarded. And uh, an, another issue that is, uh, has come up on the horizon is the Drivers' Association. In fact, before I uh, got a chance to speak to you today, I spoke to the Transport Workers' Union, figuring you guys are driving cars. They've got a lot of people who are involved in good delivery and driving trucks and cars around the country. And uh, they seem to think it's a great idea for you guys to uh, get together and uh, really work as a, a collaborative team. Yeah, it, it is a good idea, and, and it, is, it is moving forward, and we're going to make it happen um, in the next couple of months. Um, a lot of the senior drivers in the, in the category are really working hard to, to push it. Basically, what we're doing is we don't want to get involved with the rules. You know, we, we've got uh, very highly skilled uh, people that you know, create the rules and make the category as good as it is. It's, but what we want to do is just have our say as far as safety goes and just improving the circuit for, uh, you know, for, to make it safer for us racing drivers. So after each round, we'll all get together. We'll discuss what was good, what was bad, 
and um, just try to make the, the racetrack a better place. Mm. Now, talking about making racetracks safer, next weekend you're off to Hamilton and you're at a track which you're almost a rookie at this track with what happened last year. Yeah, yeah. Hey, for anyone that doesn't know, I was uh, I wrote a car off in qualifying uh, and never actually made it to the race. Um, the commonly asked question is, is that going to affect me this year? I don't think so. We were very, very quick in practice, and uh, I love the circuit. We, the, the last part, the last third of the track is through an industrial area, um, which is just a, a fantastic piece of uh, piece of road. Um, so, you know, I'm looking forward to getting back to Hamilton and try to try to score some points and, and make up for what happened last year. Well, Jamie, we wish you all the very best. I hope you have a, a great and enjoyable Easter, and uh, we'll see you on the track at Hamilton. And uh, well, hopefully that all-in brawl is as exciting as uh, all the races were last year. Oh, I'm sure it will be. Thanks, thanks. Great to talk to you guys. My thanks to Luke West and Tony Shebecki, also to Jamie Wincup. As the checker flag waves over another edition of the V8 Insiders, keep smiling and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.